Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm going to do college basketball for the next couple of minutes because I've noticed uh, today being the 16th, we're less than two weeks away from March Madness, or at least the month of March. The madness doesn't start till the second half of the month. But we'll get into all of that with Kyle Boone, CBSSports.com, uh, college basketball writer, NBA draft reporter. Uh, we'll touch on uh, are there really going to be any superstars coming out in this draft? But first things first, the teams. Kyle, how would you rank the field of 64 right now? Are we looking at a good, competitive, nice, balanced field? Is there a team that's being woefully underrated? Is there a team that you think is separated from everybody else? How do you see the field as we get within two weeks of uh, when the, the, the key tournaments are going to start? Yeah, I think uh, as the season has gone along, we've seen that there's a lot of parity in, in this sport and there's a lot of really good teams. But, uh, you know, at this point, I think there are maybe six to seven really, really great teams in college basketball. And we're starting to see, you know, Kansas, Duke, Gonzaga, Baylor, San Diego State, Dayton. They're starting to separate themselves from the pack. And I think it'll be an interesting race to the number one seeds um, in March. But, yeah, it should be it should be a fantastic uh, March Madness this year. There's a lot of teams capable of winning it all, and uh, we've seen this year that there's been a lot of parity, and I think it should make for a fun NCAA tournament. San Diego State is the only undefeated team left. I remember from a decade and change ago, St. Joe's went on this kind of a run, came into the tournament undefeated, and uh, all the Philly fans got excited and thought maybe they could take it all the way through and be the first undefeated team in uh, whatever it is, 50, 60 years now, going back to Bobby Knight in Indiana. Uh, yep. Of course, they came up short in the uh, Western region. I think they were in the West that year, uh, but didn't even make a uh, Final Four. Um, how does San Diego State compare to other teams, not in a power conference, not ACC, not Big East, not Big Ten, that have been able to run the table and get to a big dance, assuming they are undefeated? Are they a legit team to potentially win all their games i uh, i actually believe that is the case you know they're 25 and 0 they beat everyone in front of them and you know they, it, it'd be one thing if they were kind of just squandering some of these these late game leads or or maybe just barely pushing by but they're blowing teams out and they're doing what uh what a really elite team can do and that's running the mountain west conference now it'll be interesting to see kind of what that'll look like in the NCAA tournament because I think their non-conference was maybe good but not great. We haven't seen them play great teams yet, but um, I think they stack up well with just about anyone. They've got a really, really good offense to combine with a really good defense, both top 10 in adjusted efficiency. I think it'll translate to wins in March. I don't know if they can win it all. I probably won't pick them to win it all, but um, you know, they, they just keep winning. They keep finding ways to win. It'll be hard to, to bet against them in March, honestly. You made a good point, but I want to play devil's advocate against it. Uh, they have won a lot of games handily, and I can't say I watch all of their games. They're on CBS Sports Network today. I'll try and catch some of it 
uh, coming up in about an hour from now. But uh, at least per the scores, when I check them afterwards, they are winning handily and easily. Sometimes that can be a deterrent. Because when you get to the tournament, yeah, the competition level kicks up and the tournament itself usually has a ton of close games in it. If you haven't found a way to win those type of games, when you get in them, the pressure gets ratcheted up a little bit. Could it end up hurting San Diego State that they are winning their games as easily as they are? I would think it's definitely something that could play against them in, in the NCAA tournament, but if they keep winning the way they do, keep blowing teams out, maybe they just go on a run in the NCAA tournament and blow everyone out. Blow everybody out the all the way to not only undefeated, they're going to crush everybody on their way to cutting down the nets. All right, I we'll... don't think that's the case. We will see. But even in their non-conference, you know, they played Iowa, a team that will be in the NCAA tournament. They played Creighton, a team that will be in the NCAA tournament. Beat both those teams by double digits. And so – now, their resume looks pretty good, 25-0. and 0, It's it's not a hollow resume. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what it looks like when they are in a close game in March and if they can uh, find a way to win and, and face adversity really for the first time. I mentioned Villanova and Temple earlier today. Yep. Uh, I know the Temple fans, my daughter's an alum, thought that uh, this could be a nice upset and help Temple's chances to get into the tournament. They hung uh, tough for the first uh, 18, 19 minutes, going over, grabbed a halftime lead, and then uh, opened it up in the second half. Uh, is it more a uh, view into the fact that Temple isn't a tournament team, or is Jay Wright sitting on another potential Final Four run uh, as he's won two championships in the last decade? I think it's a little bit of both. I'm not I'm not buying Temple. I don't think they'll be in the NCAA tournament, but Villanova is starting to come along, and they they lost three in a row. Uh, to start February, then they go back home, get a nice win over Marquette, go on the road and win at Temple, and now the Big East is is kind of wide open, right? Because since Seton Hall has lost two in a row now, uh, Creighton is nine and four in the conference. Villanova is right there at nine and four. I think they have a chance to uh, to make a little run here, patch something together, and I'm not I'm not ruling Villanova out. You know the way that Jay Wright has coached over the last few years. He's got a couple national championship rings to show for it, and I would not bet against him. You mentioned Seton Hall and the fact that they've lost a couple. Fell well behind yesterday. Rallied, got into the game, but came up short late. Who's the best team in New Jersey right now, Seton Hall or Rutgers? I'm, I'm taking Seton Hall. I, I know that uh, it may not be the correct choice at this very moment, just uh, based off how they're trending right now, losses. Uh, to Creighton and Providence this past week. But, you know, when, when the chips are down, I really trust Miles Powell, the senior guard. And uh, I think he is the best player in college basketball this season. And they run really nine or ten deep on every single night. They are a very deep team. They're very experienced. And uh, in the NCAA tournament format, I, I just trust them. I feel like they're going to make a deep run. And I think they're the better team. I would take them over Rutgers, no question. Fair enough. But do you consider Rutgers an NCAA tournament team? I do. Yeah, I think I think they'll be there. And uh, that's not something we've said in a long time. No. This is a good Rutgers team. And uh, if Rutgers and Penn State are both going to be making a big dance out of the Big Ten, uh, is the Big Ten going to get eight teams in? Can they go that deep? Or are there going to be some teams we're used to seeing in the tournament not there out of the Big Ten? I think it'll be eight. You got Maryland, Penn State, Michigan State, Rutgers, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Ohio State. 
that may be the cutoff. And maybe Purdue gets in and that's nine, or maybe Purdue gets in and Ohio State is left out. Um, I, I think it's going to be eight and a half, and I would probably take the under. Uh, it, it'll be close. It'll be really close. What happened to Ohio State? I remember seeing them play back in November, and I said, damn, this is a top 10 team. They uh, crushed Villanova, and I said, uh, all right. And I didn't know if Villanova played badly that night or if Ohio State was that good. I assumed, damn, Ohio State's better than I thought they were, uh, but they really have struggled. You're talking about them a bubble team at best. What happened to the Buckeyes? Yeah, their, their defense has, has started to erode a little bit. Uh, the, the turnovers have been really, really bad. They, they just aren't gelling in the same way that they were when they started the season 11-1, and one, like you mentioned. They had a nice re, uh, neutral court win over Kentucky. They beat Penn State, who we talked about earlier. They beat Villanova. And so, you know, their resume looks really good, and that's a reason why I still think they're an NCAA tournament team. But, yeah, they really fell apart kind of uh, the end of December and then to start 2020. They really went on a run there where they lost uh, six of their seven to start the year. And so it was really, really brutal. They're starting to figure things out, though. No one is talking about it right now, but they've won five of their last six. They're starting to rally a little bit in the Big Ten play. And uh, this is a team that I think has the goods to make a deep run, be a second uh, second weekend uh, NCAA tournament team. I don't think they're, you know, I don't think they're a national championship contender uh, based off of, what I saw earlier this season and kind of how they fell apart. But uh, if they pick up all the pieces, I think they're a really good quality team. Kyle Boone of CBSSports.com, College Basketball Insider, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. I know you also spend time projecting, predicting uh, the collegiate superstars who will be making themselves eligible for the NBA draft. I said before you come on, came on, there's no Zion Williamson in this year's draft. I don't think there's a John Morant in this year's draft. Yep. Um, is it going to be one of those years where you, you're getting, even at the top, solid NBA contributors but no superstars, no franchise-changing players? Would that be a fair way to describe the draft at this point? Yeah, Jody, I think you nailed it. There is no franchise savior in this class, at least. Uh, some of the agents and executives and scouts I've talked with, they feel pretty confident that this is a fairly weak draft overall. And there's a lot of depth. You know, I think there's a lot of value uh, once you get past the lottery. I think you can get some good players in the teens and the 20s and even into the second round. But you look at the top of the board and, and uh, scouts I've talked with right now, I think they feel pretty confident that LaMelo Ball is the best player, but even he is not a sure thing right now. He's six foot six. He's tiny as a twig. He turns it over a lot. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see how he plays out and how he projects because he is just a teenager still. Um, you go down the board, Anthony Edwards from Georgia takes a lot of bad shots. And uh, there's some questions about how that will project. And then Obi Toppin, he's a little bit older, but he's super productive at the college level. So it's an interesting draft. It's, there's definitely not a Zion Williamson. There's not a John Morant. But there's a lot of players with upside that I think uh, are going to draw a lot of intrigue and, uh, and buzz in the coming months because this uh, NBA draft is, is, uh, is going to shape up. It's going to be an interesting one. Love the fact that OB Toppin is a little older. He's a sophomore. Yeah. But he's a little older because of that one year. He's not a one-and-done guy. He actually spent two years in college, God forbid. And, oh, by the way, upped his draft stop tremendously because 
anybody after their freshman year can be considered a potential draftable player. Uh, the reason he went back was because I think he thought he wasn't going to be drafted. I don't even know if he would have been taken in the second round. But he's played so well this year that he has played himself into potential top five pick. Uh, one of the fallouts from it not being a superstar-laden draft is it seems to move international guys up. Now, LaMelo Ball is considered an international player because he's not at a college right now, uh, but I understand there are also a couple other international guys who could be potential lottery picks. Um, is that just the forces of this year's college crop not being as good that they're moving up, or are they legit uh, guys to be selected where they are as international players? Yeah, I, I'm not going to use it as an excuse because of the college crop. I really believe that the guys that we're being discussed right now are guys that would legitimately be lottery picks in basically any draft. Um, Lamelo Ball is, is the is the top of that class, obviously, and he must be mentioned. But Denny Abdija from Israel, he's a six foot nine combo forward. He's going to go in the top ten. There's a point guard named Killian Hayes from France, six foot five, but great size. He's a great scorer and playmaker. I think he will be a lottery pick too. And then the fourth one, R.J. Hampton, he's playing in New Zealand. He's playing in the same league as LaMelo Ball did this past season. He almost went to Kansas, decided at the last minute he wanted to go overseas and make some money instead. He's a six foot six shooting guard, and I think he's going to be super high draft pick. He could be a guy that uh, could wind up being in the top five, just super talented kid. All right, let me ask you about a specific player for a specific reason. Okay. I'm a Duke guy. I appreciate what Cal, what uh, Coach K does there uh, for every state away from guys that were McDonald's High School All-Americans mm-hmm. because he knew they'd be one and done. Then he finally said, well, i got to compete. i got to keep up with the Joneses, and now he gets the best of the best. This year, not so much. I'm guessing that he can get one guy in the draft. We're going to have a draft lottery that only has one Duke player in it. Can Vernon Carey be drafted that high, or is there a chance he could actually fall out of the lottery? I think he is the third likeliest Duke player to be drafted in the lottery. I I think that Trey Jones, their sophomore point guard, he's just too talented. He's a great defensive player. I think that... He's a plug-and-play guy who, who at the very minimum, can be a level, a backup NBA point guard immediately. He's going to be an immediate impact guy. I think he's going to be top twenty somewhere around there. Really? And uh, second is going to be Matthew Hurt. He's a six foot nine power forward, can stretch the floor, and hasn't made a huge impact on this Duke team. But when you're projecting him to the NBA, I think with with some NBA spacing, he can make a make a huge difference at that level. And then Carey, I think, would be actually be that third guy. You know, he, he's made arguably the biggest impact of any Duke player this season for this Duke team. But he's six foot ten. He's kind of a traditional back to the basket big. Now he's he's shown a little bit more than that this season. Um, scouts I've talked to are pretty impressed with kind of his fleet footedness, and he moves pretty well uh, for being nearly three hundred pounds. Uh, but I, I think he'll be a first-rounder. I don't think he'll be a lottery pick, though. Uh, I mean, we, we get through the lottery, I'm telling you. <laughs> I like Jones's game, too. 
Yeah. But he's kind of like his brother, and his brother wasn't giving enough props coming in. And he's developing now in the NBA. It's taken him a couple of years, but he's actually a contributor these days. I think that'll work against him. His size works against him. I don't think he's going to be a lottery pick. I, if you're telling me you don't think Kerry is, I think they might not get a lottery pick, which means Coach K will probably win a championship because that's usually kind of how it works out down in Duke. All right, last thing. If I gave you one team today, you had to pick the NCAA winner. Who would you lean toward? I'm picking Dayton. I love Dayton. Ooh. This is this is the most electric team in college basketball. Their offense is so much fun. They're setting all types of records for field goal makes and, and percentages, and they're just super efficient. And uh, that's led by Obi Toppin, the guy who I think is probably the most athletic player in college basketball. And we mentioned him earlier. I think he's going to be a top-five pick. He's six foot nine, dunks just about everything. And uh, this is a team that's being slept on right now. They just keep winning. They have two losses this season. One was an overtime loss to Kansas, and that was on a neutral court. One was an overtime loss to Colorado, also on a neutral court. They're 23-2. and two. I think uh, you put this team in the NCAA tournament, I think they can win it all. That would be led by old man Obi Toppin because That's as a right. sophomore, he, he needs to start shaving it. any day now. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board, Kyle. You know we'll talk plenty between now and the tournament. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me on, Judy. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 